The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. All right, we're in a series right now called Dual Citizen, and we've been talking about the, the, the citizenship we have in the kingdom of God, that when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, that we become citizens of heaven. Even though we're residents of this earth and we're citizens of this earth, now, because of Jesus Christ, we have residency in the kingdom of God and we have a place with God in Christ Jesus, seated above the things of this world. And so we're citizens of heaven. And we've, we said this at the beginning, this has been kind of something we've kept coming back to. The kingdom of God is anywhere that the rule of God is taking place. So when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, when you really make him the Lord of your life and he comes to rule and reign in your heart and in your life, now he can rule and reign through your life into the world and we can make thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, take place through our life. And so we started this series talking about how the kingdom of heaven is not a someday kingdom, but it's a now and today kingdom. The kingdom of heaven doesn't kick in when you die, like a lot of people think. It actually kicks in when you come to life in Jesus Christ. It's quite the opposite. And so now the kingdom of heaven is alive and working in us. And so now we got we to gotta work that out of us. And we talked last week about flipping the script, that the kingdom of heaven kind of flips the world on its, on its head. And so we said that we're going to live kingdom down, not culture up. And we're going to align our life with who we are in heaven, who we will be for eternity, and try to bring that reality into the reality of this world. And when this, this worldly reality doesn't line up with who we are in heaven and who we we will be for all eternity with Christ, we make adjustments to bring alignment to that. So today I want to keep uh, kind of going off of that because one of the things we talked about in, in the first week of this is um, the kingdom is now. And the reason that's so important is because if you don't recognize that it's a kingdom now, you won't fight for today what you think you're getting tomorrow. And it's important that you understand that because there's things that, that God wants for you to, to, to have. There's things that God wants to do in your life today. But if you're putting that off till some day in the future, you're going to miss out on it because it's going to take a fight. And so I'm here to help you pick a fight today. We're going to pick a fight, right? We're going to, well, how, how does Bill Gibson say it in Braveheart? Yeah, there you go. If you ever need a, an, a, an accent done, Josh Romano can bring it. We're going to pick a fight today. We're going to talk about kingdom fighting. I'm going to talk to you about how to, how to engage in the battle that we find ourselves in as citizens of heaven, but residents of this earth. Now, just so you know, you're in a fight. Just so you know, you're in a fight. If you didn't know that, I'm here to tell you, you're in a fight, okay? We find ourselves in a battle. And I think we know that. Like, I don't think that really surprises us. If you stand for anything in the world today... There's a fight. And especially if you're standing for any kind of biblical value, there's going to be a fight and there's going to be some resistance. And the Bible doesn't shy away from this idea. We see all sorts of verses throughout scripture that speak to the battle that we find ourselves in. The word of God says that we live in this world, but we do not wage war the way the world wages war. In other words, it doesn't say you don't wage a war. It just says you don't wage a war the way the world does. The Bible says that the weapons that are formed against you won't prosper. It does not say that there will not be weapons formed against you. It just says when they're formed against you and they're launched at you, that they will not prosper. The Bible says, uh, it speaks to this idea of the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Doesn't say that there's not a battle. It just says that it's not just yours to fight on your own. 
the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, they're not the weapons you think you, you're fighting with. doesn't say you don't need weapons. You need weapons. You just don't need the weapons you think you need. You need spiritual weapons for a spiritual battle. So we're in a fight. Everybody say, we are in a fight. If you're taking notes, jot that down. I'm in a fight. You're in a battle. And as long as you're here on this planet, you're going to be in this fight. And there's no getting out of it. Like you can't tap out. You can't wave the white flag. You can't say, ah, I just don't really want anything to do with that. Well, you can, but just so you know, that doesn't end it. Because the enemy of your life, the devil, is, is working to bring the battle to you. And even if you say, I quit, he doesn't. He's going to keep working his agenda, which the Bible says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so he's going to work that plan against you, whether you choose to fight or not. So here's, here's the choice ahead of you. You can fight and in Christ Jesus win, or you can take a beating and you can lose. You have a choice. So what are you going to choose? We can, we can choose to fight and fight from a heavenly perspective kingdom down, or we can choose to fight from this culture, and, and in that way, you're going you're gonna to take a beating for sure. Okay, so as we get into this today, something you have to understand. This is very big. If you're taking notes, make sure you jot this down. The battle is experienced here, but it's not fought here. The fight that you find yourself in, while you feel it here, while you see it here in this realm of this earth, while we see the repercussions of this battle, of this fight taking place in the world around us, if you're going to win in this battle, if you're going to fight, if you're going to take ground and build the kingdom of God, you can't solely just fight on a soul, on, on an earthly level. You have to fight on higher ground. You have to take the fight to where the fight's really taking place. And it's, while it's fought here, it, or while the, the results of it are here, it's not fought here, it's fought somewhere else. Now, let me try to explain this to you. This week, as I was thinking about this, I, I began to start writing, and God kind of gave me this illustration, okay? So, so, so imagine this with me. Imagine that you find yourself out in this field, and you're on this field, and you look down at yourself, and you notice that you are in army fatigues, and you have a gun in your hand, and you have weapons all over you. There's a knife, and there's, there's grenades, and there's explosives on you, and it becomes very obvious, oh, I'm, I'm on a field, but I'm on a battlefield. And you look around, and, and there's some of the people that you love around you. You know, my wife Sarah's there, and my kids are there, and some, some of you are there, people I know, and you're all wearing army stuff too. You're, you're fatigued up, ready to fight. And then we look around, and there's also people we don't know, and they're all dressed, ready to fight. And so it, it's very clear, we're, we're on a battlefield and there's a battle getting ready to go down. Now as you're, we're standing there, we're kind of walking across this field, all of a sudden we begin to hear in the distance this whistling sound. And it gets louder and louder and louder and louder and louder until boom! Wake anybody up there? <laughs> it, there's an explosion. About 100 yards to your left, this huge explosion takes place. And the earth, there, there's, a now, there's a giant crater and there's a fire. And the people that were over there, some of them were blown apart. Some of them are on fire. Some of them are, are, in, in, are, are very badly wounded. And around that fire, there's yelling and there's screaming and there's chaos and there's all these people responding to this, to this damage that's been done to this chaos of this explosion. And you're looking at that and you're going, what is going on? And you're watching that. And as you watch it, you start to hear that whistle again. And it gets louder and louder and louder and boom, over on your other side, there's another huge explosion. 
And the same thing, a giant crater, fire, people take on damage, people screaming, chaos all around you. And you're looking at this and all of a sudden it's like, okay, the battle is on, right? The fight is taking place. You are in the middle of the war and you keep hearing these whistling sounds and explosions are taking place. And so what do you do? Well, you grab a hold of your weapons. You get your gun and you start looking for an enemy, someone to shoot at, but you can't see the enemy. All you can see is the damage and the chaos and the problems, but you can't actually see the person firing the missiles. And so, so you start looking for an enemy, but you don't see one. And, and now these other people are seeing this damage take place and they don't know what to do. And so they just start shooting. They just start firing at, at, at other people around them, trying to make the chaos stop, trying to shut it down. They start shooting at each other and they start taking out their grenades and just throwing them. And they take out their knives and just start stabbing at each other. And you're watching this and you're with your family, you're with people that you love and you're seeing this take place over here and you wanna protect yourself from that. So what do you do? You pull out your gun and you start pointing it at the chaos and you say, you get too close to me, I'm gonna shoot you. And people start kind of running at you with a wild look in their face. You start firing that gun and you start taking these, these grenades and you throw them into the chaos because maybe if you just throw some bombs at this chaos, it'll just all go away. And if people get too close to you with a weird look and you don't know them, what do you do? You just start stabbing at them. Yeah. Now, what's the problem? The problem is there's, there's a war going on. There's a battle going on. But the problem is you're not really fighting the real enemy. Yeah. Who you're fighting is amongst yourself. Yeah. And all you're really doing is reacting to what the enemy is doing. You're not really doing any damage to the one who's off in the distance, pushing buttons, firing missiles, and laughing at you. Yeah. All you're doing is damage to each other. Now, listen, I, I, this is a picture of what's going on in the world today. In fact, look at this with me. Look at, look at what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus, and he's talking to them about this, this battle that we find ourselves in as citizens of this earth, right? And this is where he talks about to, we're to put on the full armor of God. You guys know this, right? He talks about all these different things you're supposed to put on, and he lists off this piece of equipment that we're designed to protect ourselves with called the shield of faith. And in explaining what the shield of faith does, he gives us some insight into how the devil attacks. Look at this, verse 16. He says, hold up the shield of faith to stop. Everybody say stop. stop. Are you guys fired up this morning? Get fired up. To stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Okay, so here's what, here's what Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writing on behalf of God, lets us in on. He tells us how the enemy comes after us and attacks us. How does he do it? He shoots from a distance and he fires these fiery arrows. Now, fiery arrows, when, when, when Paul first listed this off to the people living in the Roman culture, they understood what this meant a little bit better than we do today. See, I, I even thought growing up, you know, I'd hear about stuff like this, and I, I grew up in the 90s, you know, born in the 80s, grew up in the 80s, I was in, in the 90s, there was a movie that came out called Robin Hood with Kevin Costner in it. You might remember this movie? Kevin Costner was Robin Hood, and he had an English accent, and he did really, a really good job of that. <laughs> and, and Brian Adams, you guys remember that. Brian Adams sang, everything I do, I do it for you. That was like the jam in 93. I remember my junior high girlfriend thinking, I would die for you, girl. I won't die to Nintendo for you, but I, 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 this song makes me think I would. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. But, but what I, I kind of, like, I understood fiery arrows from kind of that perspective. And it was basically like my image of a fiery arrow was, 
it was like insult to injury. <laughs> it's like you get shot with an arrow and not only is it killing you, but now you're burnt too. <laughs> like that's not the point of the fiery arrow. Okay, it wasn't just a like, oh, you're gonna die and it hurts because you're being burnt too. No, that's not it. The point was that this would cause chaos and explosions and mass hysteria. So what they would do is they'd take these arrows and they would wrap this material on the end of them where the point was, and then they would dip that in this flammable pitch stuff. And then they would take them and a group of them would shoot these arrows at a group of soldiers. It wasn't necessarily pointed directly at one soldier. It was just pointed at the group. And when they hit, that fiery pitch would explode and it would spread all over the place. And it would get on people and it was very flammable and it couldn't be put out easily. So all of a sudden, people are on fire. And because they're on fire, they're panicking and they're running into each other. And when they touch other soldiers that gets on them and it just causes chaos. And so, so here's what's happening. Uh, an army that's fighting, that's trying to advance towards an enemy now has to stop and deal with the chaos. They have to deal with the fiery arrows and the damage that they're causing, which stops them from advancing and makes them now focused on this problem. Listen, this is how the enemy works in our life. He shoots these missiles into the world today. You know, we live in a world today where stuff seems like it's blowing up around us all the time. And I'm not saying as a church, we're just to avoid it and not pay any attention to it. We have to deal with injustices. We're called to bring the light of God into the darkness. So I'm not saying we just avoid it. But what I'm saying is if we solely fight on a soul level about the, or on an earthly level about what's going on in the world... We're, we're just kind of dealing with the chaos and that all we can do is react. And God hasn't called us to react. He's called us to build the kingdom, to advance the kingdom, to storm the gates of hell and pursue thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And the kingdom God, uh, that, that Jesus came and died for is not one that's just reacting to the enemy's damage. It's one advancing the cause of Christ in this world. Can I get an amen? amen. So we, we've got to, we got to fight the fight where the fight's really going on. Where we have to do the damage is where the one who's shooting the arrows is shooting from. So, so get this. This is important for you to understand, okay? We're picking a fight today, right? Yep. We're talking about kingdom fighting. You got to understand who the fight is with. The fight that you find yourself in is not with your spouse if you're married. It's not with your teacher if you're in school. It's not with your coach your principal. The fight that you find yourself in is not against a presidential or political candidate. The fight that you find yourself in is not against a corporation. It, it's not against a movie star or musician. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. What does that mean? Your fight is not against other people. But, says but, that means it's about to tell us who the real fight is against. But, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Now look at this, in the heavenly places. Now the heavenly places here is not talking about heaven. This isn't saying that God is doing this. this is, when it says the heavenly places, it's talking about the spiritual realm. Okay, so let me simplify this for you. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, that's the devil and his demons. That's the real enemy of the world. That's the real enemy of the kingdom of light that we're trying to bring into this world. The devil and his demons. And he is firing at us, shooting at us from the spiritual realm. 
So if he's fighting us from a spiritual realm, to, to have a spiritual battle, we have to fight with spiritual weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not just about debating really well. It's not just about selling everybody on our cause. It's about understanding the cause of Christ and fighting from our stance in Christ Jesus. The real enemy is a spiritual enemy. Now listen, I'm not saying that we don't stand for what's right because what happens is the enemy causes chaos and he influences flesh and blood. But that's who our real enemy is. The real enemy is a spiritual enemy that influences flesh and blood people with his chaos. And so we have to deal with some of this chaos. But if we just live there, if that's all we're doing, we're not fighting the battle where it's supposed to be fought. And we're not going to advance the cause of Christ and build the kingdom as citizens of the kingdom of heaven in this, in this world. You have to fight from a better perspective. You have to fight where the fighting's really going on. Now, here's good news. You ready for some good news? The good news for you in this fight is that in the fight, you have the high ground. Because of Jesus Christ, you have the high ground in the battle. Now, if you know anything about military, like working and how military fights wars, you know that that high ground is important. You having the high ground is very important. In fact, this week I was talking to my son Gus about this message. One of the things I like to do when I'm preparing a message like this is I share it with my son. He's 12, and, and there's something about explaining it to him that makes me process it a little bit different. And also, I like to hear his take on it because he's 12. He's living in a different time and age than me. He sees things from a different perspective, and so I want to kind of share it with him because I know if he can get it, you're going to get it. But also, I want to hear what he has to say. So I'm telling him about this, and he goes, it's kind of like Fortnite, talking about, talking about the high ground. He says, in, in Fortnite, you want to get the high ground because it's easier to attack from the high ground. And then he said, it also reminds me of World War II. And let me just tell you, that ministered to me. <laughs> Dad loves World War II history. And so when he starts talking about World War II, I was like, oh. But he read this book this summer, and he said, remember when, when the Allies were coming into the beaches, one of the problems they had was they were fighting uphill. And they took so much damage because they were trying to fight and take uphill ground. See, high ground is a big deal. And I was thinking about that this week. You know, from the high ground, there's some advantages that we have when we have high ground. From the high ground, you have a better perspective. When you have the high ground, you can see the movement of the enemy better. It's harder for the enemy to surprise you because you can see them. You can, they can't hide from you as easily. So you know what moves they're trying to make from the high ground. From the high ground, you have a stronger position. It's a lot easier to shoot down than it is to shoot up. It's a lot easier to, to, to take cover from a high ground perspective, from a high ground plane than it is when you're low. From when you're low, it's, it's, there's so many ways I can attack somebody. From the high ground, you have a strong position. From the high ground, you have an advantage in power. You guys remember playing King of the Mountain when you were a kid? You get on top of the mountain, it's easier to maintain being on top of the mountain than it is trying to climb the mountain and knock that person off. You have the power when you have the high ground. Well, the good news for me and you today is because of Jesus, through him, we have a seat on the high ground with him. Look at this with me. Ephesians 2, verse 6 says this. For he, that's talking about God, raised us from the dead along with Christ Jesus and seated us with him. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We've been talking about that throughout this series over and over again. You have a seat with God in Christ. It's a seat of closeness to God, and it's a seat of dominion and authority over this world, what God's original intent was. 
in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. That's the seat we have. Let me tell you a little bit more about this seat. You flip over to Ephesians chapter one and, and we hear more, we learn more about what this seat really looks like. Ephesians one verse 20. When he, God, raised him, Jesus, from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Okay, stop. Everything that, that's about to be listed here, remember, we just read that we're seated with him, right? We just read that. So, so now this is talking about the seat that he has. So what we're about to read is, is what you have in the seat you have with Christ Jesus. So check this out. Verse 21, we've been seated far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. Remember what I told you earlier? This battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against what? Principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And this verse is telling us now that the seat that we have in Christ Jesus is above those things. So listen, the seat that you have in Christ Jesus is a powerful seat of dominion and authority over the devil and his demons. Can I get an amen? That's part of the seat you currently have if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You should be excited. Okay, let's keep going. And every name that is named, the seat that you have is above every name that is named. So if you can name it, the position you have in Christ Jesus is above it. Coronavirus has a name, doesn't it? Cancer has a name, doesn't it? Fear has a name, doesn't it? Anger, depression, all these things. If you can name it in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, from your seat of authority in him, you have a position above this garbage that the world tries to throw at you. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Verse 22, and God has put all things, everybody say all, all all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over these things for the benefit of the church. So get this, Jesus has the high ground. And because Jesus has the high ground, you have the high ground because you're seated with him. We have the high ground. So we have these things that I'm talking about. You have a greater perspective that you can lean into. God wants you to see the things that are going on in this world from his perspective, from a kingdom down perspective, to see the work of the enemy and the movements of the enemy. Listen, that's what I'm trying to help you see today is this garbage that we're dealing with in the world today is the work of the devil. And if we just fight it from a person to person standpoint, we're missing out. We have to take this fight to the devil. We have to take it to the source. We have to stop the one that's firing the darts. We got to get there. We we have to have that perspective. You have an an advantage in position. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. We have the victory through Christ Jesus. You have an advantage in, in power because what you're doing is advancing God's kingdom so you're backed up by God, who is the most powerful being in all of the world, who is also empowering you with the Holy Spirit to know what to do, when to do, and how to do it. You have an advantage. You have the high ground. You guys should be excited. So here's the thing. You get to choose, though. Like, you get to choose how you're going to fight. You can fight kingdom down, and you can win, or you can try to fight culture up, and you're not going to get anywhere. And you're probably just going to end up doing damage to other people like you. If we want to really win, we have to choose to take the damage to the kingdom of darkness. We have to choose to go after the enemy who, listen, the enemy's laughing at the church right now. Some of the garbage that's going on in the church world and with Christians where we're just infighting and the enemy's watching this and he's just launching missiles, blowing stuff up around us and we're just looking at each other, griping and fighting. 
and he's just laughing. We gotta do better, church. We gotta recognize what's really going on. Now, remember I told you to turn to Philippians 1? We're finally there. <laughs> Philippians 1, verse 27. It says, above all. Everybody say, above all. So that means this is of high importance, of highest importance. It says, you must live as citizens of heaven. So, so we've got to live from this perspective of who we are in the kingdom, citizens of heaven, close to God, ruling and reigning with, with Jesus, the way he, he designed it to be, the way he wants it to be, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. It's, that's kingdom down. That's what that's talking about, kingdom down, not culture up. Then, whether I come to see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are. Now, look at, look at what we talk about here, because this is so big. I want you to notice the, how, how unified these words are, how this just speaks to unity. Standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for. Everybody say, fighting together for. Fighting together for. Fighting together for the faith which is good news. We're to fight together for. We're, we're to be unified with a purpose, be unified in the fight that we find ourselves in, leaning into each other, not fragmented, not fractionalized, not, not letting stupid things tear us apart, but united for a cause, united for a purpose. And I love it, it says fighting together, we're to fight together for the faith. That word faith there is a Greek word, pistis, and it means this. It means fighting together based on our conviction and trust in who God is and what he will do. So here's what that means. It means we're fighting together for the character and the nature that we know of God through his word. So this is why, listen, this is why New Song Church we talk about. We want to help people know God. Because when you come to know God, here's what you discover. You discover when you get in the word and you start to look at the character and the nature of God from the Old Testament and through the New Testament, especially in the new covenant Christ Jesus, we see a God who's for us, who's a father who loves us and wants to help us, who, who went out of his way to make a way so that we could step into his kingdom, whose will is on earth as it is in heaven. That's, that's what God said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus said. A God who loves you dearly and doesn't just say it, proved it. This is the God we serve. His, his, his nature and his character are for you. And so when we, when we come to understand that and we're living in a world and all of a sudden the enemy's firing stuff at us and it's exploding and we see stuff trying to get on us and it's not in alignment with the character and the nature of God, we say, no, I'm not gonna stand for that. That's not on earth as it is in heaven. I'm gonna resist that. I'm gonna fight against that and I'm gonna stand for who I am in the kingdom of God as a son or daughter of the most high. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Fight together for the faith. We're fighting together for what we know about God, what we know about his character, what we know about his nature. And it says we fight together. I, I love going back to Ephesians. You know, it talks about taking up the shield of faith to defend yourself against the fiery darts. The shield of faith, guess what? That word faith is the same Greek word, pistis. It means we take up this shield of our knowledge of who God is and what God's about. And we're supposed to do this. The most effective way to do this is together. In fact, in the Roman culture of the day, one of the ways they would defend themselves against these fiery darts was that the soldiers would be advancing together and they would have this, this shield. It was a really big shield and they would soak it in water. It would be soaked in water. 
And so as the battle was going on, if they saw these arrows coming up at them, they would hold up their shield, but they wouldn't just do that. They'd actually come together and make this little turtle shell thing that they would do. You can look this up. And they would form this little shell where when those arrows hit, it couldn't get to any of them. They were protecting themselves and each other. And when the arrows hit that, that wet shield, it was extinguished. And what do we talk about? Water is the life of God, right? So what happens? You soak your life in the life of God, the word of God, and now you become this person who has this shield they can lift up that's not just for them, but for those around them so they can defend themselves. So as the enemy keeps firing, we can defend ourselves and protect each other from what the enemy's trying to do. Come on. We fight based on that. It was a good kick, wasn't it? What I want you to see is we're called to be unified, yeah, good. fighting together for, yeah. but let's be real, like in the world we're living in today, like we're, we don't see this all the time, do we? Instead of striving and fighting together for, what I'm seeing a lot more is we fight amongst ourselves about. You know, it's, it's been interesting the last however many months it's been since this whole thing started. But it, it was interesting, you know, when this first started happening, there, you know, I would see people in the church and, and, and they're reacting to what's going on and immature believers, there was a few of them that got upset with, with me or the church because we weren't maybe saying things they wanted them said a certain way. And so what, what, and what, we, what I've seen is there's people, if you don't say exactly what they want you to say, if you don't stand for exactly what they want you to stand for, if you don't stand against, I mean, if, you, if you're just not in perfect agreement with you, they will just throw you away and curse you walking out the door. And I, I mean, I've experienced this. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad for me because I'm, I'm standing on the word, I'm good, okay? But I've had people that I didn't stand, you didn't say this exactly the way I wanted it said and so I'm out of here and your church is garbage and I mean, cursed me going out the door. I just want you to know, that is not the work of the Holy Spirit. Just so you know. That's, that's division. And you know what division is? That's the work of the enemy. The Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion. Here's what that tells us. What a roaring lion roars, what he's trying to do is separate a flock, separate a group to find and determine who's the weak one so he can go after them and attack them and destroy them. So the enemy's blowing stuff up around us. And some people are going, well, the church doesn't see it like I do. No one sees it like I do. Listen, if the voice that you're listening to is telling you to pull away from Jesus and the word and the church, that ain't the voice of God. That ain't the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you to Jesus, and it's going to lead you to the bride of Christ, the church, and he's going to lead you to unity and walking in unity. So you, so you can't listen to that stuff. You've got you to rightly divide the word of truth. What you're hearing, rightly divide it by the word. We've got to be united, church. More than ever before in the world we live in today, we've got to be united. United in our purpose, united in our cause. Okay, so we're in a spiritual battle, right? So in a spiritual battle, you need spiritual weapons. So real quick, let me tell you some spiritual weapons. Three weapons you need to be actively using in this spiritual warfare. Because if we're going to take the attack to the enemy and he's in the spiritual realm, we've got to take it to him with spiritual weapons. The first weapon you need is prayer. Prayer is not a last resort. It is a first line of defense. And, and I hope, see, what I'm seeing today is, is we live in a world today where people are really good at griping. 
are you praying anywhere near as much as you're griping? We can gripe about the president. We can gripe about this. We can gripe about, do you ever pray for these people? Do you ever pray about, do you, do you, are you still praying that coronavirus is gonna die and go away? Or are you just, you're good, we're, we're okay with this now. I'm not, I'm still not okay with this. I'm glad that we're all together and we're doing church today, but I'm still not okay with having to wear a mask all the time. God's got something better for us, church. I'm praying that this is over. Whether there's a cure or something miraculous happens, we got to be people of prayer. Prayer works. You guys recognize, you re, like you realize that, right? Prayer works. Prayer's important. You need to be, we need to be people of prayer. We need to be people of praise and worship. The, the, listen, worship is a weapon. The Bible talks about how through worship, the weakest among us can send the, de- the devil running in the other direction. That means that in, in the little kids' classes, when they're singing songs like Jesus Loves Me, the devil is running in the other direction. So if it's that powerful, why, we got to worship in the middle. When things are blowing up all around us, when there's fire trying to get on us, we lift our hands and we fire our weapon of worship into the air at the kingdom of darkness. And we say, Lord, I love you. I praise you. I know that you got away and that you're good. And I'm going to focus on you and not focus on my problem. So we're going to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to praise. And we're going to get in the word. The word of God is a weapon. Remember Pastor George said it a couple weeks ago, and I've, I've taught it before here, that, that the Bible talks about it being a double-edged sword. One edge is when God spoke it. The other edge is when you speak it. When you begin to get into the word and speak the truth of what the word of God says, it's, it's a, it's, it becomes a weapon in your hand that does damage to the kingdom of darkness. So we got to take up our spiritual weapons. And then we got to fight together for so what are we going to fight for? Well, I want to give you seven things that we as a church are going to fight together for. I'm going to make this quick, okay? And this is in no particular order, but I just want to, I want to unite us this morning in a fight. We're picking a fight. We're going, to, we're going to fight. And these are some of the things we're going to fight for as a church. Number one, and again, no particular order, we're going to fight together for unity. The Bible says, how can, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? And we're supposed to advance the kingdom of God. How can we do that if we're not in agreement? The Bible says in Ephesians that we're to endeavor for, for unity. That means that we're to do everything possible to walk in unity. So, so understand this. Listen, the enemy is going to fire arrows at you that try to get you to walk out of unity with other people around you. He's going to fire arrows at you that try to get you walking out of unity with your spouse. He's going to fire arrows at you that try to get you walking out of unity with your church. That tell you that Something about me, something about Sarah, something about David, something about the leaders that you work with. And you got to fight for unity. And that's why as a church, we fight for that. When we see stuff going on, we're going to speak into it. We're going to address it. And you need to do the same thing. Don't let stuff go. Because it's in that division that the enemy creates darkness. And now that darkness, he binds people up and stops them. We got to pursue unity with everything we got. And here's number two. At New Song Church, we're fighting together for generations. The, the church is a family. And in a family, there's all different generations. And all the generations have value. When, when God described himself in the Old Testament, he called himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In, in the Old Testament, we read genealogies. Even in the New Testament, we read genealogies. And we read those sometimes in our, in our Bible reading plan. And we're going, why is this here? Here's why it's here. It's to remind you that genealogy is important. Generations are important. Those who came before us and are behind us are important. 
And I want you to know, we value that at this church. We value the older generation. Man, the older I get, the more I recognize how much grit and wisdom and leadership the older generation has that I need to draw from. I also understand how important it is. I'm walking side by side with my brothers and sisters in Christ fighting for the things that we fight together for. And then I also understand that I'm fighting for the younger generation, making way for them. You know, 85% of what you believe for the rest of your life is founded in the first five years of your life. What you believe about God, what you believe about the devil, what you believe about the world, the first five years of your life. That's crazy. You know who knows that? The devil. So he comes out. Listen, like I said, he's not going to play it easy on you. And he's not going to play it easy on your kids. He's going to look to get in his shots and steal, kill, and destroy them before they ever get started. And that's one of the reasons why here at New Song Church, we don't babysit in our children's ministry. We, we look at every opportunity we have in our youth ministry, and our children's ministry, to take the word of God and plant it into the hearts of these young people because like the Bible says, it will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent, so we're gonna send it. In fact, I went back to Threshold, our fourth, fifth, and sixth grade class before church today. I was like, what are you guys talking about today? And they were like, we're talking about the rapture. I was like, oh, okay. Get ready, parents. Get in the car with your kids and they're gonna be like, so post-trip, pre-trip, what do you think, mom and dad? (laughs) But listen, listen, this is so important. You know, there, there's, there's teaching out there today that kids can't get this stuff. I want you to know that's garbage. The, the, what they say is that, you know, Jesus didn't really get it until he was 12 years old. At 12 years old, he was, he was amazing people in the temple. And that wasn't just because he was Jesus. That's because he was trained in the word of God. Okay, so kids can get it. And, and I'm not going to be the one that withholds from them. Dear Lord, have you read what Jesus said about withholding from a child? Don't be that dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's number three. You guys doing good? Yeah. Number three, at New Song Church, we're fighting together for equality. Yeah, that's right. We're fighting together for equality. Jesus Christ is an equal opportunity savior. It's grace for all races, all ages, male and female. We have to be a church that fights for that. You know, when we get to heaven someday and we worship God together, you know what it's gonna look like? It's gonna be all ages, all colors, all races, worshiping together in unity. That's heaven. So guess what? On earth, as it is in heaven. So that means in our church, that means in our life, we got to fight for this. Because the enemy's trying to divide us against each other. And we got to fight for it. We got to sit across the table from some people that maybe don't look like us and ask questions and learn what we don't know. Because there's a lot we don't know, Amen. We got to grow. We were going to fight for equality because Jesus made it possible that we all can stand equally at the foot of the cross. We all come to him as sinners who can be saved by grace and brought into the family of God. And so as a church, we're going to fight for that. We're going to make way so that women can do ministry and kids can do ministry, young people. You know, I love this morning, uh, we've got Maddie up here singing. Maddie grew up in our, in our church the last several years. She was, I think like 12 or so when she first, how old was she? 13, 14? 14. What are you laughing at? Quit laughing. It's disrespectful. But, but she's doing amazing. She's doing graphic design for us now. She's our intern. 
And uh, she's leading worship and doing such an amazing job. And, and it's been awesome to, to see what God's doing in her life. And listen, there's more little kids like that coming up all the time. Yeah. That God's equipped. I, I can't, you know what I'm excited about? I'm excited to sing a new song in about 10 years. Yeah. Like for real. It's going to be awesome. The devil is freaking out. Because there's a bunch of little kids that are going to come up and they are going to do some damage to the kingdom of darkness. Okay, 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 where were we? Number four. A New Song Church, we're fighting together for the presence of God. The most important person at New Song Church is not our first-time guest. Although, hey, first-time guest, we're so glad you're here. We love you. Thank you for being here. The most important person at New Song Church is not the members of our church who tithe and serve. Although, hey, great job. We love that. Keep doing that. Keep it up. That's what you need to be doing. Playing it in the house of the Lord. Flourishing. It's good. But the most important person in our church is Jesus. Because only Jesus can break yokes of bondage, set people free. And so the Bible says that, that he stands at the door and he knocks. He stands at the door and knocks. In other words, he doesn't just go in. So we have to let him in. And so I want you to know, at this church, we're welcoming him here. You know, during worship, one of the things I do down here is on behalf of, of this church, and I hope you do this too. It's not just for me. On behalf of the church, though, as the pastor, I, I pray down here and I worship God and I say, Lord, show up today. I need you to show up, minister to people. I don't want people just to hear from me. You know what I pray? I pray that I disappear. I don't want you looking at me today. Quit looking at me. I want you to see Jesus. That's what you need to see. That's who I want you to hear from today is Jesus. Because he, I, can't, I can't really do anything for you, but just allow him to shine through me. But he can set you free. He can save you. He can help you. He can heal you. He is good. And so we want to make a place for him. He is the guest of honor at New Song Church. We say this. We are a, a presence-driven church. Here's what that means. We're driven to pursue the presence of God. So we make room for him. We pray and we invite him here. We want him to show up at New Song Church. We fight together for the presence of God. Number five, at New Song Church, we're fighting together for the truth. The truth not a truth, not your truth, not somebody else's truth, the truth, which the word of God is truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we're fighting for that. So our opinion is not based on the culture of the world. Our opinion is based on the word of God. You can come up to me and you say, what do you think about the elections? What do you say about this? Here's what I'm going to say. I, I, I think what the word says. Like you can ask our team. Sometimes I think they get frustrated with me because they'll come and they'll have some idea. And my first response is, what does the word say? Let's pray about it. Like that's where we start because God's in charge, not me. So we're gonna go to the Lord. He's the truth. And the Bible tells us that, that anything else is a lie. So we stand on the truth of the word of God, what the word of God says. Just so you know, what the word of God says is what we believe here. We believe it about life. We believe it about sex. We believe it about everything. The word of God. That's the truth that will set you free and give you citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. Here's number six. At New Song Church, we are fighting together for community. You were made in the image of a community. You were made in the image of God who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you function best in community. You need people around you. You need people you're connecting with, people you're sharing your heart with, people you're sharing your frustrations with. That's why we push. We want you in a small group. We want you on a serve team. We want you connected to other people. Please don't come to New Song Church, walk in and walk out and not connect with anybody. You gotta be connected with other believers. You need community. 
We're better together. You need other people so when those fiery arrows are coming, you can get close to them and you guys can hold up your shields together and defend yourself against the enemy. We need community. At number seven, at New Song Church, we're fighting together for purity. The Bible says that the pure in heart will see God. In this day and age that we're living in, boy, the world needs to see God. They need to see God in our church. They need to see God in our marriages. They need to see God in our kids. And how they're going to see him is if we are fighting and pursuing purity with everything we have. Meaning that we're not just allowing our life to be so mixed up with the world that it, it, it takes us away from who we will be in heaven. We got to fight for purity. This is some of the stuff we're fighting for here. And there's other things, but these are some important things that we as a church want to fight together for. We are kingdom fighting people. We're called to expand the kingdom and fight for that together from the high ground that we have in Christ Jesus. And even though there's, there's explosions happening, there's carnage happening, there's chaos, all sorts of junk happening all around us, we, we, can, we can deal with that to a degree. But what we really want to deal with is the problem, the one who's firing the missiles. So we're going to take the fight to the enemy with our spiritual weapons united together and build the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Let's, let's quit being people that just respond to the enemy. You know, the Bible says that Jesus said this. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, a gate doesn't move. Like it can swing open and closed, but it's, it's set in a particular location. And one of the things that the devil does is he sets up these gates. Gates are designed to kind of protect something. So he sets up strongholds in the world. And the, the, the role of the church is not to sit back here and just take the, the shots he's firing from a distance. Our, our goal as a church is to go to where he set up strongholds in our city, in our community, in the world, and to knock those gates down. Yeah. But we can't do that if we're just in the middle of the chaos. We gotta take the fight to the enemy with our weapons, with our God, with each other. Can I get an amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today in this message? Lord, we love you. Gosh, God, you're so good. I love you so much. You're so awesome. I'm so grateful that I can be a child of God, a citizen of heaven. I'm so grateful that I have a seat of authority and dominion. I don't just have to react. I'm so grateful, Lord, that I can advance your kingdom and see your will on earth as it is in heaven because your will is so good. I'm so grateful that your nature is that of a father and not a slave driver. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. Thank you, Lord. We don't take it lightly that we're here today, united. And we, we choose, Lord, to take up your banner and to say, Lord, that we want to see the gospel advance. We want to see the kingdom of, of darkness broken. We want to see you doing what you want done, what you died to make possible. Far be it from me to hold back your, your, your work in this world, Lord. I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of you advancing. And I know we all do. So Lord, we say, use us. We offer our hands and our feet Lord, use our hands to minister life. Use our feet to bring us to the people who need you. 
Lord, we pray that our eyes would see those that need to be seen. Pray that our, our, our mouths would be used to minister life and healing and freedom. Our ears would be open to the call and the cry of the world and the generation we're living in. Use us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With your head still bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to know he loves you. And he came and he died on the cross so that you could step into a relationship with him. And, and it's really easy, but it'll cost you everything. It's really easy in that the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. You'll be born again. But it costs you everything in that you have to make him the Lord of your life, meaning he becomes the boss. It's not, you're not lifting your hand or whatever just to say, I just don't want to go to hell. No, this is saying, God, I surrender everything I have to you. I want your will to be done in my life. And, and just so you know, that's the best decision you could ever make because God knows what you need and what you want. And he, the, the life he offers you is the best life you could ever imagine. You don't really know. He knows. So today, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with God, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe you have, but you know you're not where you should be, I want to invite you to make that decision today, to pray a prayer with me. And church, since we're in agreement, let's all pray this prayer out loud together. And I'm going to ask you to say it like you mean it, out loud, with boldness. Let the devil hear this, this prayer of salvation that's being made today. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. I confess I've sinned and I need a savior. And I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose from the grave so I could be raised to new life in you. Thank you for saving me. I give you my life. I give you my all. My past, present, future, all for your glory. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give those a hand that prayed that prayer today. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.